McFarlane, yes, McFarlane Energy, thanks once again for sponsoring the great Brad Foe Show. It's been a great week. Jared Saltalamaki, early in the week, then we had a Brad Foe Show on the go. Quickie, Tanner Houck talks about closing along with a recap of the game. Awesome, awesome to hear from both of those guys, and it was awesome to talk to John Schreiber, the latest guest on the Bradford Show, one of the great stories of the Red Sox season so far, relief pitcher who's emerged into one of the more reliable relief pitchers for the Red Sox and in the American League, Sidewander, developed the two-seamer, has become a legitimate weapon for the Red Sox, and it's a great story where he came from, Michigan native, got a chance to debut with his hometown Tigers, didn't work out, then ended up with the Red Sox, and we know what happened from there and also by the way now pitches out of the bullpen which was one of the most painful memories for him as a Tigers fan back in 2013 you know what happened David Ortiz David Ortiz David Ortiz we talk about that we talk about his evolution we talk about a lot of the fandom growing up being a Tigers fan uh, and then getting a chance to play in Detroit and then getting obviously this opportunity and why this opportunity has actually worked out so well for him and we're going to get a sponsorship deal for him. So me, Brad Foe, uh, along with Coop. And, by the way, if you listen far enough in the podcast, Ryan Brazier pops on in to talk about what else. If we all should believe in aliens and ghosts. Schreiber, he has an opinion. Brazier, he has an opinion. Coop, he has an opinion. It's all right there. There's a lot going on. And you know what? It's just a good podcast, so you're going to want to listen. Follow, subscribe, the works. Once again, thanks to McFarland. We appreciate everything. Here you go, John Schreiber. All right, we're honored. No one we'd rather have on today than John Schreiber. How are you, John? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh my goodness, we're here on a beautiful day, the great game of baseball, Coop. Not a cl- well, a couple clouds in the sky, but it's basically blueberry. Yeah, all right, so there you go. So um, I don't know if you know this, Coop. John has been doing pretty well. He's, he's, he's Pretty well? Underestimating. Dude's been rocking it. Well, well, yes, yeah, sorry. Sorry to, sorry to underplay it. Um, but we, we, there's a lot we want to get to. I mean, we talked a lot about sort of like how you've taken the next step, John, like the the evolution, because Coop likes geeking it out with the two seamers. So uh, so uh, uh, we're going to get to that. But we were just talking. So you were a Detroit guy, and, you know, we're going to cut right to the chase. All right, we're sitting here in Fenway Park. When you look up out at the, the bullpen which you sit right now, what's the image? If I say 2013, what's the image that comes to mind? Me throwing some laundry at my door almost breaking my bedroom door while my whole family was asleep so now to, for for context of that for context of that is that john was a uh michigan native detroit tigers fan uh and you were a freshman in college correct yep correct yeah okay. all right and what we're talking about of course is game two of the american league championship series david ortiz david ortiz david ortiz. have you heard that call by the way I think so. Great call by Dave O'Brien. Do you yeah. skip that, like a clip of that, anytime that you, like it comes across the timeline? Like it's just like you keep going. Yeah, I mean, early, like early, I don't know, a few years ago, like when I was out of pro ball, if I saw that clip, I was just like, all right, come on, <laughs> like get this out of here. I don't want to see it. 
We were stacked. Oh, dude. Like, so. <laughs> to this day, one of the best postseason, like, pitching staffs. Oh, my God. Oh, it was incredible. Okay. So, we, this, we, uh, I don't know how much time we're going to spend on it, but this is your, your, <laughs> you're scratching right where I itch. Because, like, I go back to that, that thing. And I say this, John. Just earmuffs if you want. Yeah. It's going to be painful. That hit by David Ortiz was the most impactful hit in Red Sox history, and here's the reason why. Was it was it off uh, Benoit? Yes, and you know what? Here's a little thing about it. Well, here's a little thing. Here's a little thing about that. He was tipping his pitches. They oh, they really? had the changeup on him. No way. Yeah, I did not know that. Yes, no, not a lot of people. Because did. I remember when you know he hit that home run. You know, a couple days later or whatever they were talking about it, and then just everybody was going crazy. Like, why did he throw the changeup? Why did he throw the changeup? <laughs> so they actually, so they actually had this on him where if he like set up high, he threw a change or whatever. And I and and here's the thing, I I don't know, and you know how this is. Like some guys like that, some guys don't. I I can't say like, oh, this is reason Ortiz hit it, but. It was a, it just adds to the lore. But my thing was, it was the biggest hit in Red Sox history because he had to hit a grand slam. Like right, he, yeah. right, yeah. So you single? No. Double? No. No better person up for that situation. Well, yeah. Right? I mean, that, yes. So, <laughs> but you had to hit a home run, which would obviously a grand slam. Yeah. Because anything else, you're probably you know you get an out and you're still behind. Like that tied the game, and that was if they don't get a ho- a home run in that spot, then I think the Tigers win the series. Oh, 100%. Yeah, because the closer at the time was Belverde, right? Yeah, but yeah. right before that, they had how many innings of shutout? Like ball, like they had, a, they had a good streak going, like game oh, one, and then yeah. in, right into game two. Like, oh well, that that was that was the thing is that you had people forget this too about that. The, those first two games, I think they had no hitters back to back games through the first five innings. Yeah, I mean, sorry, I bring this up. <laughs> We're doing a therapy session right here. Yeah, just I like, mean, what keeps you up at night? I mean, like I said, yeah, I mean, you know that rotation at the time, and like it was just stupid. It's crazy, it was stupid. You know what? So, Verlander, Purcello, Fister, Scherzer, and who else? Verlander, did I say that? Sanchez. Anibal yeah. Sanchez. Yeah, Sanchez. I mean, yeah, you, so you had sure guys that went on to like yeah, still do amazing things in their career, you know, without the know. Tigers. Look at Anibal, you know, he was he, doing his thing with Dude, the, he was, he, he was, Scherzer and then yeah. Verlander. Verlander's light. This, this right hurts. Now. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is, welcome, yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our podcast, by the way. Here, like, I was a freshman in high school at the time. So hearing you say, like, oh, I was like throwing like stuff like around my room. And like all I'm thinking, it was like I was just cheering in my room by yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah, just rub it in. Yeah. <laughs> well, so so, and you remember like obviously Tory Hunter goes up over, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and the funny yeah. thing of uh, yeah. you met you probably met Joe Castiglione on the radio broadcast, longtime radio. I think I have. Yeah, yeah, you've seen him around. He's a longtime radio broadcaster. Yeah, Canoles. Cannolis, yeah. So we asked Bobby Dahlbeck, Road Association, Joe Castiglione, <laughs> Cannolis. Um, but. So Joe is such a good guy, and he has like so many friends. And Tory Hunter was his friend, so yeah. we have this great call, like David Ortiz, David Ortiz, David Ortiz, and Joe immediately was like, "And Tory Hunter's hurt because <laughs> you know, like, he landed on his head." Yeah. So, but anyway, um, so when you walked out there for the first time, which you probably were you here with the Tigers? Um, I was with the Tigers, but I didn't make the trip. I think I was already okay. optioned. So this year was the first time yeah. you had been out there. Well, last year. Last year. Last I'm sorry. Year, last yeah. year, yeah. Yeah. So does 
do you kind of get the lay of the land of like, oh, well, this is where the ball landed. This is where Tori Hunter yeah, fell on it. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, crazy. it's crazy. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. So you were, you grew up a Tigers fan. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, I, once again, that, that was, I mean, did you think going, this is the last thing I'll say about that series is that, so this is another reason why it was such an important read because you, you're one, one, if you're two, Oh, Verlander's up next, right? Verlander was game three. Yeah. And he was deal. I think, and I think that the Red Sox are like one one nothing. Where Mike Napoli hit one into like the the bird's nest in in center field, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, sorry, man. I can tell this hurts. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, congratulations on everything. Um, and um, and I, you know, I hope you're having fun. You having fun? Yeah, I'm having a blast. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think the biggest part, you know, is just being here and having so much confidence now. And, you know, I think that's just the big part of trying to have success is having that confidence. And it's just been awesome having, you know, teammates, staff, coaching, like everybody's just been so welcoming and it's it's just been a blast. When did you get the confidence? So there, that's like a like a cliche question, but it's like yeah. it's an important one, right? Uh, I definitely think last year. I mean, um, when I got called up for those COVID reasons. Um, you know, I was warming up to go in, and as soon as I stepped on the mound, like I was so like jittery, but at the same time, I was like, "Dude, this is so much fun!" And I think <laughs> that that is when it like clicked in my head, like, "Dude, you gotta go have fun out there. Like, you can't be worrying about the stuff that is out of your control." Reduce it back to the game because that's what right, yeah. And you know, and, and that's helped me out so much. You know, even being in Worcester this year and most of last year um, coming into this year in Worcester and you know I just felt just a different way I'm like I just felt like a different pitcher out there and I was like I can do this you know what I mean did you feel that way in spring training yeah I felt that way in spring training too I mean I, I put in a lot of work this offseason to try and be ready for spring training this year and uh, you know I was pretty excited where I was at because I know last year when Boston picked me up I came into spring training and you know I was went out there for the first game you know when I was over here and I looked up at the scoreboard and I was like fastball 88 miles an hour I'm like dude this is not it (laughs) so so uh you know I I mean the velo picked up obviously like as the season went on in Worcester and I got to where I wanted to be why were you throwing in my head I was like okay this this offseason you really gotta put in some work so here's my stupid question like why were you throwing 88 i mean now like flash forward to now you're literally you're throwing 94 95 i think it was just the, like i said the preparation in the off season i mean i thought i was doing you know enough like in the weight room i thought i was doing really well in the off season getting ready and you know i think the biggest part was me not getting going early with my throwing program and you know this past off season i was like all right let's take a week or two off and let's get going and you know that's what i did and you know, by December, started throwing my first, second bullpen. You know, started looking at the velocity. I was like, okay, this is where we want to be right now. Did you – so w- when you go through that transformation, is it sort of like – you're still a young man. Congratulations on that. Um, 
I love like the beard, man. Like, when, when, that's a that's a that's a life altering decision to, <laughs> to go with a beard like that, right? Yeah, I was, you know, I had no facial hair, and I looked in the mirror, and I was like, okay, this ain't it. Yeah, a little too baby face, and you know, once yeah, I once I got it going along, my wife was like, actually, I like you better with a beard. I was like, all right, well, I'm not gonna shave ever again. So, <laughs> well, uh, really, I mean, like, the, the, I mean, what the wife says goes. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I general I, listen. Thumb. If, I'm not if, married, if, but like, if I understand anyone understands concept. happy wifey, happy oh, lifey. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone understands that, it's just me. But here's the thing: is that my it's one thing to say you want to grow a beard, but like, it, but you're continuing to grow it. Like, if you go, if like, it, like, there's a thing called Google Images. Yeah. And we can find you without a beard. We can find you with a mustache. We can find you with a beard. But this thing, like, what do you what do you think? Like three inches below the chin? I mean, this is prime. And not to go back to what we were talking about, but this is prime 2013 Red Sox beard. Oh, that is, that's a great. That's a that may be the best beard since the 2003. Sorry, don't consider bringing it back. But yeah, so I, mean, I might get it trimmed up a little bit today. Now that so I say we'll that, he's like, it's no, I, I, I was gonna get a little, tri- you know. Family day's coming up, and you know I gotta look good for pictures and all that kind of stuff. You know what so. you do? You go Captain Lou Albano and put an elastic van in. No chance. No chance. <laughs> Jose Abreu's doing that right yeah, now. Yeah, right. Yeah, Abreu. I, I mean, no. Sometimes you just want to. Yeah. Snip it right yeah. Snip it right. right you could do that. That would kind of look kind of weird. But it's well, I it's a great way to be a, uh, a clubhouse guy if you do that. Yeah. Right. Well, so anyway, the, the beard is a microcosm of how far you've come. You've come a long way. But so when you're when you're going through that transformation, was it sort of like a feeling of, listen, man, it's now or never. It's now or ne- like I got to figure this shit out. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly how I felt. You know, obviously, I struggled a little bit when I was with Detroit, and uh, you know, I came over here and you know got the opportunity last year. Felt really good, and you know, pitched okay. And you know, going into spring training in this season, I was like, okay, like this time. You gotta go now, or like it's it's gonna be tough to get up there later. So you know that was kind of the mindset, and confidence was there already, and I was just ready to roll and try and try and prove, you know, to myself and you know to everybody, like hey, like I can do this, like I can show people what I'm capable of doing, what I thought I'm, what I think I'm capable of doing. So, so we since we deal in science. Body fat percentage. It's been the wheel of it's been the wheel of measurements, right? Body fat percentage, weight, bench press. Oh, dude, whoa, whoa, whoa. I want to throw a different one in there instead of bench press. Squat. Oh, so they, <laughs> we're, yeah. we're dealing with. Pictures, I know, right? I know, but lower body, I know, but you know? we we have to like continue the theme of like every baseball player we ever talk to say, "I don't bench," but you know, like which obviously you probably don't because you're a pitcher. But uh, so, what do you got? You got to. I can't disclose the the body fat percentage. I mean, oh, you can't because no, no. Garrett Whitlock and Tanner Houck did. I mean, it was peer pressure. Yeah, that's peer pressure. You know, I mean, I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Those two are. Oh, you know who else did was? Uh, I mean, this isn't fair. Is Jaron Duran? Jaron. I mean, listen, if I had five percent I mean, body I mean, fat. All those three, those three guys eat way better than I do. I mean, <laughs> I was just saying they're all like string beans. It's, it's nice to have a little bulk sometimes. All right, so what do you got? What's, what are you most proud of? What's the transformation? Anything? You can do squats. Uh, I mean, transformation. I just feel like I've been the same past few years. I, I just think the transformation is just you know mainly mentally. Um, you know, they you you don't think much of it when you you know come up for the first time but like honestly the confidence is such a huge thing and you know you think you think you have the confidence when you're up 
you know, first time, and then you struggle a little bit, and then you start losing that confidence. And, you know, that's something you learn. You try and try and keep that confidence no matter the next day, the next day, no matter the outing, the outcome. You know, you just want to try and stay the same every day. It must be, though, it must be the fact is that when you do it in Detroit, your hometown, like, this is dream come true, right? Yeah. Right? This is dream come true, and you're like, everything, everything's working out exactly like I had planned, and then you realize, wait a second, there's a lot more to this, right? Yeah, I mean, there's way more to it than I thought, and, you know, I put so much pressure on myself, and, <clears throat> you know, I think that's what hurt me, and, uh, you know, like, everybody tells you all the time, it was like, just don't put too much pressure on yourself, and obviously, you don't think too much of it, and... You start doing that, and you're like, "Holy crap! Like, what am I doing?" What What was it like? What was it, give me Give me a story from pitching in your hometown of of like, eh. <laughs> like, or, or maybe I saw I read the article about you saying, "Hey, let's soak this in." Being at the the park, for the, and that's that's great. Yeah, I mean, like. What do you want me to, like talk about the, the I don't know struggles yeah, yeah I mean it's like it's like you know something like we all think oh you know it's like the movie The Rookie you walk yeah. in and it's great and that and you, pr- you probably had that moment you sat there and everything else but yeah I mean uh, you know I would have a stretch you know where I'd have you know put up some good outings and then the next stretch I would, it would just be like run after run after run after run and that's go that's going through my head constantly and I'm like. What do I got to do to get out of this? And, With, by the way, your family and friends, like, yeah, and, all there. You, you, and all that pressure just kept on mounting up. And I'm, I'm just like, what am I doing? And, you know, you start thinking about other things. You're like, oh, God, they're going to send me down. Oh, God, like, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And then as soon as, like, you just forget and stop thinking about that stuff and just, like I said, step on the mountain, like, holy crap, I'm having fun. Like, I think that's when everything changes in you know, I think that's kind of what I realized. I'm like, dude, just go out there and have some fun. Mm. Like, no matter what happens, like you, you know, you're gonna go out there and do your best. You know, when was it? When did sort of that weight come off? Was it when you got here? When you got the, the we got the Worcester? Was, I mean, or I make make again making back to the major leagues with Boston? Yeah, I think you know, working with Paul and trying to figure out some pitches and working on the two seam and change up. And, you know, started seeing success in Worcester last year and then coming up here and having a little bit of success. And uh, By the way, you're on the verge of a sponsorship. You know why? (laughs) Why? Because everybody who appears on this podcast gets a chance to get a sponsorship. James Paxson is going to be the ambassador for maple syrup in Vermont. That's awesome. (laughs) So while you're talking, I want you to think about what you like, what what company you would like, because we make dreams come true. I was already thinking (laughs) something for Detroit, but I'll keep that until I'll keep that wrap until you say the first thing, because I don't want to give you any ideas on it. Uh, Yeah, well, I'm just think think uh, anything you want because this isn't this is a two way street. We appreciate you coming on, but we also want to advance your career. (laughs) Uh, What do we have? We have we have Dahlbeck. Dahlbeck's got some uh, face lotion. I'm not sure what the name of it was. Something too. Bougie for me. Yeah. Um, who has uh, Strom well, Tops? Oh, Strom Tops. Yeah. We, we, we're, get, we're getting them on the cover of the Tops pack. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, I'll just and, throw out Shinola then. Shinola watches. Shinola oh, watches. Ooh, oh. Is that, is that, okay. Are you familiar with that, Coop? I'm not a watch guy, but. It's a I Detroit mean, company. Really? Is it, oh, perfect. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Is it, is it, so it's local to Detroit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going overseas with Rolex. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, all right. Shinola watches. We're going to make that happen. We, we're on Why that. Not? Okay. Why not? I was going to say M M&M and M because Detroit, but oh, I mean M and M's awesome. <laughs> have you ever 
met him? Have you ever been on 8 Mile? I've never met him. I have been on 8 Mile, but probably not the 8 Mile that he's been on. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) I don't know if that made sense. No, no. I I don't know if it made sense, but it sounded good. Uh, So, yeah. So, we're we're all about making this happen. So, Shinola watches. Shinola watches. Get it on. You're going to get a word. All right. Now, it's time to... You you had made passing about Paul Abbott down, down in Worcester. Now it's time to geek it up. Uh, so Coop loves geeking it up with the with the particulars. Um, we had I had already talked to you about this about like the development of the two seamer. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you if you can, and then Coop, you can soak it all in and ask ask whatever. Great at soaking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> stop tape. Um, tell us about like the di- so the difference maker that is this pitch the two seamer. Um, yeah. So. I'm, obviously, I'm like a sidearm guy, and typically, you know, sidearm guys, two-seam sinker guys, um, you know, but my whole career, I've been a four-seam guy, and, you know, coming up uh, throughout the years, you know, I always heard, like, hitters just like, dude, like, why isn't his fastball coming into me? It's just like staying there, cutting, and, uh, you know, started working on the two-seam, and, um, you know, that that's just helped me out a lot because it gets guys off my four-seam, and I'm able to go off those two pitches uh you know either four seam up or two seam in try and get a ground ball and um you know it's just helped me out so much uh these past couple years so i mean it it really is like this is the biggest difference maker right like this if you had to say if we had to power rank the along with confidence along with having fun this is the biggest difference maker is that accurate yeah, yeah I, bo- I believe so, yeah. Okay. Yep. So as far as pitches go, who and you, you talk about like we talked about, one of the best pitching staffs, like, probably in postseason like history with the Tigers. If you had to take one pitch from one of those five pitchers, starting pitchers that they had and put it in your arsenal, what would you take? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean there's I mean there's a plethora of just options there that you could I go mean, with. Yeah, you could take anybody. So I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I, personally, anything for Berlander, I would just yeah, exactly. take on a second. So, I, I can't get his curveball because that's gonna be tough to get that yeah. from down there. But. So I mean, you went to I saw pictures of you at a camp. Yeah, right. <clears throat> yeah, I was with uh, you know my <clears throat> grew up my friend down the road, and we went to uh, you know some charity event, and uh, it was Curtis Granderson, Granderson, and uh, Brandon Inge, and we were able to. You know, go down there and meet those guys. Did you learn anything? I mean, I was so young at the time. I was just so geeked up to see him. You You're just kind of like, oh, yeah. these these guys are all, like, and amazing. Being with Detroit, Brandon Inge, you know, still helps out over there. And he still lives in Michigan. Uh, you know, I was able to meet him. And, you know, we've gone out golfing a few times. So it's just crazy to think that, like, he was my one of my favorite players growing up. And then I'm here playing two rounds of golf with him I'm like what the heck is going on <laughs> and was that like your first like kind of starstruck like moment or I mean what when you got to like the majors like what was the point where you're like oh like I'm chilling with this dude right now definitely Miguel Cabrera yeah. come on <laughs> I was hoping you I would I was hoping you would say Mickey <laughs> I mean yeah I mean you're just sitting like this guy's my freaking teammate right now what <laughs> just, and just obviously, I'm, for, the and obviously I'm from Michigan and I'm just like Dude, what is going did on? Did you ask for his autograph? I did. I got his I got his autograph on a ball and chilling in my uh, in one of my cases. What, what's the, like the conversation starter to get a ball? I'm just like nervous. Yeah. Like, uh, can uh, you Mr. sign Miguel? this? For you? <laughs> can you sign this for me? 
I know your first autograph. First autograph? Shelton. Yeah, Chris Shelton. Chris Shelton, right? Yeah. I mean, who is first autograph isn't Chris Shelton, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not mine. No? Not mine, no. What's yours? I think it's Dustin Pedroia. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, man. Look at you. I mean, I... Gotta go big. Yeah, I mean, I... For, have you have you mastered the art of autographing things? What was the um, first time you signed an autograph? Probably like summer ball of college or something okay. like that. Um, did you do the cursive? Did you? Did yeah, you? I got I got good penmanship. Do you? So yeah. All right, breaking. There you go. Great penmanship. Great penmanship. So I actually I have a question about some college ball. Um, you played some North Woods League, and then you also played some Alaskan League. Yeah. What was? Because just looking at pictures, I mean, like. What was the nicest field you played on there? Because they have some like gorgeous views for um, what they have. So there's Kenai, Fairbanks. Um, what's the main city? Uh, it's not June. Anchorage? Anchorage. Anchorage. Yeah, probably Anchorage had the nicest. No one knows Alaska better than me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm huge in Alaska. <laughs> Anchorage was probably the nicest field. I mean, that, that whole state was beautiful. What's it, it like traveling like, around there? It was insane. I mean, all, all the major... So there's like... Fairbanks, Anchorage, and then like other cities outside of Anchorage and stuff like that. And it, when you're traveling, it takes six hours to get That's to those fields. Imagine, so, um, but when you're driving there, you're just looking around and it's incredible. Like I got some pictures where we were stopped for like a couple hours in traffic and we were able to get out of the, get out of the van or bus and, and like you're just like this is a painting and it was it was ridiculous. The um, have you ever been recognized here? Recognize here? No. No? No, I don't think so. Oh, after this, you will be. After this, <laughs> listen, I mean, after. You're going to point to him and be like, that's the guy that played in Alaska. And and so. And I, just can't, I just can't wait to hear the accents of my last name. Oh. That's what I'm most excited. Shriba. Do you hear it out there? Yeah, sometimes. I think. Oh, really? <laughs> like, what is He's that? Shriba guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, and so to link out back to the last podcast, the, um, do you believe in ghosts? Yes. Ooh. Ryan, get up here! Can you get, come on, man. He's a kind of retro show alum. I believe in ghosts. Oh, Ryan Brazier, who was ten feet away, said he believes in. Ghosts. Please, come on, because we we have to have this conversation. If you don't mind, have you had any yeah. paranormal? No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So I want to set the scene. I know that Ryan Brazier here is an avid listener of the Bradfoe show, so he knows that Jared Saltomaki was just on it and just admitted to seeing ghosts at the Vinoy Hotel. Never Did you see that? I have not. I haven't seen any ghosts at the Vinoy Hotel. I've heard some crazy stories. Okay. But you believe in ghosts? I think so, yeah. Yes, I do. Is that the hotel in Milwaukee? No. No, no that one's haunted too, though. Yeah, I was scared staying in there. Vinoy, <laughs> best beds in the American League. <laughs> so so you believe so but you have not seen a ghost i mean not like a ghost but i've like had some like weird stuff happen i thought you were about to say not a ghost but like an alien or like, two. Oh, that would be sick <laughs> that would be so sick. you believe in an alien i don't know i don't <laughs> you believe in aliens yeah oh, they, of course they I have do. to exist are you kidding yeah. me? the amount of planets out there i mean i don't even I've, there's a lot going on here so, well i mean so so Yes, but do you believe this? Break this down. You believe in like the little green men alien, or just like the the like, like what the idea? The I idea. Think oh, I think there's definitely yeah, yeah other life forms out there. Which do you believe more in, ghosts or aliens? Probably aliens. Right, How about you, Ryan? Both. Okay. Follow e- up on equal. That. Do you guys believe in aliens or the gyro ball more? The gyro ball. Yeah, that's oh, your dating. Well, I think the gyro ball is just a backup slider. 
before it's time. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Good answer. Oh, the actual gyro ball. Oh, no, it's it's Dice Game Master Saga through a gyro ball. Yeah, it's, I think it's a backup slider. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We were t- actually talking about that in the bullpen yesterday. About the gyro ball? About a gyro, what is a gyro ball, and it's essentially slider spin that goes this way. Or goes the opposite way. You know, well, you know what my takeaway is? It's so random that Coop just brought up the gyro ball you guys were talking about in the bullpen. No, yeah, that is weird. Where were you in this conversation, John? <laughs> I don't think so. No? I mean, that, that is awesome. Good job by you, Coop. All right. Well, well, listen, I think we, I think this is a whole nother podcast. Right? Hey, thanks, man. It's good. Well, yeah, yeah. The return. The return of Ryan Rage and the Bradford Show. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to, we're going to get back. We're going to get you your watch. Congratulations. Get you your watch. Have Eminem present. Watch deal. Have Eminem. We'll have a presentation on email. Uh, but seriously, congratulations on everything. It's, it's, uh, it's a lot, it's been a lot of fun talking with you a lot of fun watching you and and uh good times ahead you you, you're making henry ford junior college very proud thank you very much thank you